Hi, I'm James Schofield, the creator of this podcast, Behind the Bottom Line. Business isn't really about numbers, it's about people. Behind the Bottom Line is a collection of the funny, sad, and frankly weird events that I've experienced in business, and which I turned into stories for various magazines. In each episode, I tell you a little bit about the real-life background that inspired me, and then I read you the story itself. So let's find out about today's story, The Tip. The Tip was written for Business Spotlight in and published in um, 2011. And it follows the adventures of a young man called Tony Spark. And Tony is looking for a, a business angel, somebody to invest in his business. And he's uh, he meets a guy called Archibald Gabriel. And they have lunch together in a little Italian cafe in Piccadilly called Franco's. Um, and everything seems to go very well. Um, Archibald likes Tony. Tony likes Archibald. And one thing that is very important for Archibald is that he can trust his business partner. And he sets a little test for Tony. And Tony doesn't know that he's having a little test set for him, but he sets a little test for Tony to see how much he can tr- they can trust each other. Um, and Tony has a very difficult time uh, dealing with this particular test. In the tip, um, actually, I have to admit that there's a lot of nostalgia there. Um, the first thing is it's set in Piccadilly. Um, and Piccadilly is an area of London that uh, I've always been very fond of. Not Piccadilly Circus, but um, Piccadilly itself. Um, uh, I had two jobs as when I was a student working in Piccadilly. One at the Royal Academy, which was actually where I met my wife. Um, and the other one was at Simpsons in Piccadilly, which was a big uh, department store. Um, and whenever, uh, when when I was growing up, it was where uh, my father would always go at sales ti- sale time in order to buy nice expensive raincoats or suits and things like that. And then when I was a student, I worked there for a while in the, in the men's clothing department selling jackets and ties and shoes um, and I was pretty good at it actually because I worked on commission and I was not a bad salesman. Um, the other, the, of course, uh, sadly of course the shop is now gone and it's been replaced by a Waterstones which is not at all the same but anyway. The other bit of nostalgia is for um, the, those kind of Italian cafes that you don't really find anymore in London because they've been replaced by um, Starbucks and um, other coffee chains like that. But um, when I was a student, that London was had a, had a lot of these Italian um, cafes, which were uh, very cheap. They're all independent, and they were normally run by uh, a mother and a father who'd come over to England in the fifties or the sixties, and they still had. Uh, a very, they all spoke English, but they all had a very strong Italian accent. Usually they had a son or a daughter who uh, had perfect London English, but then would switch to Italian uh, whenever they were 
uh, arguing or discussing something with uh, with one of their parents. Uh, these cafes were great, uh, first of all, because um, as a student, they were um, very, yeah, they were pretty cheap. Um, and you could get uh, every, anything that you wanted. They didn't, you know, you didn't have to have a full meal. You could have just a sandwich or you could have just a cup of tea or a cup of coffee. Um, and the tea and the coffee was always really, really good. You were served in a styrofoam cup, which you'd take when you were going off to work. Um, or and if you stayed there, you had it in a mug. Um, and you could get everything. You could get everything from, you could have a, a, a typical uh, English fried breakfast if you wanted. Um, or you could have, uh, like the characters do in the story, you could have a lasagna. Um, and uh, there was a uh, very, very well priced um, and just really nice. And uh, these things now, are, these cafes are, I think, largely gone now. Last time I was over in uh, London, I went to Piccadilly uh, and I looked for the original Franco's, which used to be down a side street in Piccadilly. It's no longer there, no longer there. Very sad. Um, and I think probably they've they've disappeared completely. So that's the second bit of nostalgia. Um, the topic itself of trust um, is something which I am very interested in, particularly so trust in business. Um, how do you how do you build trust uh, in business? Um, and I think it's very important because uh, if you don't have trust, then really nothing works without it. And Stephen Covey. Um, said that uh, trust is the glue of life. It's the most essential ingredient in effective communication, um, which I think is true. But I think it's actually more than that because I think trust holds, uh, it doesn't just hold everything together. It's also like the oil that keeps everything running smoothly. So uh, if you don't trust the people that you work with, um, then basically you don't work. Um, and I also think people tend to think that trust is just one element you trust somebody or you don't trust somebody um, but actually trust is built up of different different components um, that you can separate out so for example uh, you might trust somebody's honesty um, but you don't necessarily trust their competence um, or you don't necessarily trust that they'll share everything that maybe you need to know uh, in a, a business relationship. So there are at least three, and I think there are um, more elements that one could think about, talk about in, uh, in building trust in a, in a, in a business relationship. Um, but I think those three, this honesty and this competence uh, and this willingness to share information uh, with each other, I think those are three are really essential if you want to, want to have a good and effective working relationship. The story itself, I freely admit, um, I kind of stole the framework. Um, the source was an African folk tale, uh, which I read, which I really liked, um, and I adapted it to my particular um, scenario. Uh, and in the original folk tale, what happens is uh, a married couple go to a new village and uh, they move in. And they, they, the, the husband and wife think to themselves, OK, mm, we don't really know these people in this village. Let's see what they're like. Let's find out what they're like. Um, and so the husband takes a big stick and uh, a goat skin. And, and late at night, he starts hitting the goat skin 
really loudly and his wife starts screaming. And nothing happens. And nobody comes to the hut. So the next morning, they pack up all their belongings and they're just setting off when one of the neighbours comes up and says, well, I don't understand, you just moved in yesterday, why are you leaving already? Uh, and the two of them say, well, uh, if you're the kind of people who won't intervene when a husband is beating his wife, we don't think we really want to stay here. So that's the background of the tip, uh, and I hope you enjoy it and feel that it's entertaining and also maybe useful for you as well. So that's enough introduction. Let's now turn to the story. The tip. Near Piccadilly in the centre of London, there is a cheap old-fashioned Italian snack bar called Franco's. It was here that I had lunch with the richest man I had ever met, Archibald Gabriel. Not that he looked rich. He was small, round, about 60 years old. He wore a suit that didn't fit, and his spectacles were held together by tape. Oh, by the way, I'm Tony, Tony Spark, and I was having lunch with Archie because I wanted his money. You see, Archie is a business angel. He looks for small start-up companies like mine, and if he likes the company's product or service enough, he invests in it. Three or four of his investments are now really big, and their owners are all billionaires. So I drank my coffee and listened to Archie telling me what he mainly looked for in his business partners was honesty. It's like this place, Tony, he said, waving a fork full of lasagna in the air. Franco's is honest. You know what you're getting. That's why I come here. And in business, I need to trust the people I work with. So, what do you like? I told him about the ten people in my company and how I had made them all junior partners so that we could all benefit from our work. I told him about our suppliers in India and how we'd set up a small cooperative workshop in a village outside Delhi for the women who assembled our products. And he loved it. He really did. He chewed his way through his food, nodding his big bald head and noisily drinking his tea. Tony, you're my kind of man, he said when I was finished. If you give me a 25% stake in your company, I'll provide the money you need to expand. Think about it and come to my office tomorrow. I can tell you now, Archie, I replied happily. The answer is yes. He laughed and shook his head. Take your time. I'll see you tomorrow. I stood up. Well, let me get lunch. I then paid at the cash register and put a couple of pound coins on our table as a tip for the waiter, who was in the middle of a long, complicated phone call. Archie was finishing his tea, so I went to the back of the snack bar to collect our coats from where we had hung them. It took a couple of minutes for me to find them both. By the time I had returned, Archie was standing, ready to go. Well, he said, see you tomorrow. We shook hands and he walked away quickly. I turned to collect my bag and then I stopped and stared at the table. The cups and plates were still there, but the coins were gone. His phone call finished, the waiter came over and started to clear the table. I felt bad about his tip, so I left two more coins. Outside, my first reaction was to laugh. 
Archibald Gabriel, a rich, successful businessman, stealing table tips. And after all his talk about honesty. But as I walked down Piccadilly towards Hyde Park Corner, I started thinking, how did I feel about Archie now? Was he just careful with money? Or was he stealing from the waiter? No, I'd left the tip, so Archie had stolen from me. If I didn't mind, then it was okay. But was this a good person to do business with? The questions went round and round my head, like hamsters in a wheel. I couldn't sleep that night. I had to make a decision. Finally, I got out of bed, took a piece of paper and wrote down all the advantages of having Archie as a business partner. It was a long list. Then I turned the paper over to list the disadvantages. There was just one. Archie stole small tips in bars and restaurants. It was stupid to worry about. Of course I would make him my partner. At last, I fell asleep. Next morning, I went to his office. His secretary brought me coffee and I stood looking at the view of the River Thames from his office window, waiting for him and trying to ignore the questions that were starting up again. Well, said a voice behind me. Archie had come in and was sitting at his desk with the contract. I sat down and he looked at me encouragingly. I couldn't say anything. A minute passed. It felt like an hour. Archie, thank you for wanting to invest in my company, I said finally. But no. No, he said. But yesterday, you, what happened? It was difficult, but I had to tell him. It was the tip. You stole the waiter's tip from the table. Without me, it'll be much harder for you. Yes, but I need to be able to trust the people I work with. Come on, Tony. It was just two pounds. Are you sure you won't change your mind? Again, I hesitated, then shook my head. I was about to go when there was a knock on the door and the waiter from Franco's came in. He walked over to Archie's large desk where he placed two one-pound coins. This is Franco, said Archie, an old friend of mine. I don't understand. Well, I couldn't trust somebody with my money who let me steal tips from a waiter, could I? Archie handed me his fountain pen, smiling. And I signed the contract. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Behind the Bottom Line. Why don't you subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode? And please tell your friends and write a review so that other people can find out about Behind the Bottom Line. Take care until next time. Bye-bye.